Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sia Najad. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday. We had some technical difficulties yesterday. I had some technical difficulties saying technical difficulties just now. But it's Wednesday at 3 o'clock right now, and we're here for the solo pod. We're here to, to look at our lineups from Week 13 and take an early look at pricing for Week 14. Some very interesting stacks, some interesting games some interesting totals. Like this is not like last week. In fact, it's kind of the opposite of last week in terms of so many different games that everybody wants a piece of. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, I do want to say that our FFT DFS contest, which usually fills up pretty fast, it's only 200 people deep. It's live. It's active. It's it's uh, in the YouTube description right now. And if you're listening on the podcast, of course, it is in the podcast description as well. I want to congratulate before we get to our cash and GPP lineups. I want to congratulate at Homa21, I assume that's how you pronounce it. Otherwise, it's Athoma21 for taking down the FFT DFS contest for week 13. We'll go over his or her lineup in just a few minutes. Um, everybody, thanks for coming in at three o'clock, by the way. I see you, Dwayne and Roberto. Um, you say in one hour. No, it's it's right now. We're doing this right now. You've got I've got the heart emojis. Thank you very much. Uh, if you have any questions, and by the way, we had a big raging Twitter debate. This kind of stemmed from the early edge Monday night football show, but uh, boy bands in sync or backstreet boys, which one do you like better? And don't pretend, don't pretend like you don't know who they are. You don't know the words to all the songs, you know, you do. So backstreet boys are in sync. I need your nomination. If you're listening to the podcast, tweet at me, tell me who you like better. Backstreet boys are in sync. You, you know, you like them. So let's just get over that part. All right, let's do some, let's do some lineup recap real quick. Um, let's look at my cash lineup. So this was a pretty underwhelming um, cash lineup. I only did one. Usually I do two. I only did one this week, or I should say last week. Uh, my cash lineup did not work out. We're about to see why. My GPP lineup was actually pretty good, or, or, or the one I'm going to show you. I was obviously GPPs, they're hit or miss. Um, I really could have you know, smashed a GPP, but I made a couple errors. So let's talk about my cash lineup, though. This one did not cash. You see the zero. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, by the way. But uh, you see a zero at the top. You know, Full disclosure, one cash lineup. It didn't cash. I had Justin Herbert, who really didn't do what I thought he was going to do. Part of that was his offensive line just being really hobbled. A lot of injuries, a lot of inactives sort of popped up after Thursday. It didn't sway me from playing Herbert because I just thought the passing volume would be there. The volume was there to some degree, but the efficiency certainly wasn't. And that, that goes for Austin Eckler as well. My cash lineup was Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Samaj P. Ryan, DeAndre Carter, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Foster Moreau, David Montgomery, and the Titans defense. So you might be thinking, well, this looks like more of a GPP lineup with Herbert stacked with two guys, Eckler and DeAndre Carter. I don't really mind the, the double stack in this particular case because DeAndre Carter was such a sort of a low-end piece at 3,900 that allowed me to do so many different things. And again, because of the volume I thought Justin Herbert was getting from a, just a passing attempt standpoint, 
I was totally fine with that play. I figured I was getting there with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. And I figured if I didn't get there with DeAndre Carter, that's okay. Because what that allowed me to do in terms of playing DeAndre Carter was it allowed me to play Eckler. It allowed me to play Samaj P. Ryan. It allowed me to play Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and ultimately David Montgomery at 6,200. Uh, you know, I, I thought David Montgomery was going to do a little bit better. He didn't have a bad game, but it certainly wasn't a good game. Foster Moreau, super inefficient. He's just he's just that guy. He has opportunity, but he never really cashes in on it. A lot of drop balls. Uh, but, you know, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, great play. Samaj P. Ryan was a pretty obvious play once Mixon was declared out. So we see the ownership percentages for Samaj, 68%, Garrett Wilson, 82%, Amon Ross St. Brown, 76%. So I certainly wasn't gaining a ton of ground with those three plays, but those were three plays you kind of had to have in your cash lineup. They were very obvious plays. We knew outside of an injury, all three of those guys were going to get there. What I really needed was it did Austin Eckler didn't hurt me too bad, but I really needed Justin Herbert to get there at 5% ownership in cash. I would have passed so many people. Um, you know, David Montgomery, Foster Moreau, sub 10% ownership. Could have gotten there. Titans defense, negative two. Ouch. But, you know, 44% of the field had the Titans defense because they really wanted to jam in some of these guys at the top. So we don't have to spend too much time on this. I think this is a fine cash lineup. Again, I don't mind stacking in cash. We talked about that even last year where Mike was stacking, you know, several different ways in his cash lineups with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chargers aren't the Chiefs, but they're kind of close in terms of the passing volume. So didn't get there. Don't really regret it. I, I, I probably... The Titans part is a little regrettable to me because you could have paid up. And I think I did this in my tournament lineup I'm about to show you for like the Denver Broncos defense. So that was a difference of like 200 or 400. So, you know, the whole the whole thing about taking the cheap defense, I like it. But we knew the Titans defense could really bottom out. And we see, you know, if you had the Cleveland defense, for example, if you get the right defense, you're in really good shape because you are really lapping the field. So I think that's something to consider this week. And, and I'll point it out, particularly tomorrow's game by game preview. There are some defenses where I'm willing to pay up a little bit because I think they are in potential smash spots. So again, I know we're doing this on Wednesday. Thursday's schedule doesn't change. Me and Mike McClure, game by game preview tomorrow, Thursday at five o'clock. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Mike's GPP lineup which netted him um, quite a few dollars. He had 182.24 points. And we see here, we're about to put it up on the screen. He won $750. So nice little lineup from Mike McClure. Some familiar faces here, faces we talked about on the Thursday game-by-game -game preview. One in particular that really smashed. Mike has been all over Devontae Adams this year, and he was all over Devontae Adams on our Thursday game-by-game -game preview. Interestingly, not a lot of pop people were all over Devontae Adams. Only 11% ownership in an absolute smash spot. You know, what I think happened with Devontae Adams in terms of his ownership being a touch lower is people were kind of waiting on the Jacobs news and they weren't really sure what was going to happen with Josh Jacobs. Well, he ended up being active. Certainly a great matchup. And so I think a lot of people just kind of went back and forth between, and I know I had that struggle too, between Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was more affordable. You could have made the argument that Josh Jacobs was going to run all over the Los Angeles Chargers as opposed to Devontae Adams um, receiving all over the Chargers. So, you know, it's just one of those things at 11% ownership, 40 points, that'll get you really far. We see on these slates, if you get that one guy that just smashes, like Tony Pollard a few weeks ago, um, every week there's, there's a guy like Joe Mixon when he had the, a zillion touchdowns. If you have that guy in your lineup, you're going to cash even in tournaments. And just a matter of how well you cash with all of your other players here, for those of you listening and not watching us on YouTube, we've got Joe Burrow, Samaj P. Ryan, Travis Etienne, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Harrison Bryant, Foster Moreau, so that's two tight ends, and the commander's defense. So the only really unique thing about this is, is certainly the construction is a little different with the two tight ends. Uh, other than that, you know, it's reasonably chalky. And again, reasonably chalky can get you big wins in your tournaments. We've seen that the entire year. So Joe Burrow, Samaj P. Ryan, he's gobbling up all of the Cincinnati points with that quarterback and running back matchup. And then again, Travis Etienne didn't get there. But outside of that and, and the two tight ends, you know, this was a very good lineup and won a bunch of money. Obviously, if the tight ends got there, this would be even better, but that's okay. Harrison Bryant at 2,700 and Foster Moreau at 3,600. It allowed him to do a lot more up top, and that included getting Devante, Amon Ross St. Brown, Samaj P. Ryan, and Travis Etienne in, into his lineup. So we can move on from this one. Good stuff from Mike. We're going to hear good. And by the way, go back and listen to, or you know, maybe check our cheat sheet on Twitter. 
he does the top three every Thursday. He does the top three at each position after we do the game by game preview. And he has been so on it. Our cheat sheet's been really good too. My cheat sheet was really good too. I had Trevor Lawrence to Christian Kirk. I had Garrett Wilson as the chalk play. I had Derrick Henry as the fade, which for the record, um, I'm on the early edge and I, I do a prop show with prop stars, Dave Richard and Jonathan Coachman. I do it every Friday at four o'clock. I also do the Thursday night, Sunday night and Monday night football previews. This last week, I went eight and no on picks. So I highly encourage you to kind of set your notifications or alerts to the entire CBS Sports universe. And that includes the early edge sports line, obviously fantasy football today and fantasy football today DFS. I went eight no last week. And I'm hoping I can go, you know, maybe another eight no this week. But check out our prop show because most of my picks come from that prop show. Five of those eight picks came from that prop show. So something to keep in mind that that is four o'clock every Friday, again, with very gifted guys. And that, of course, includes uh, prop stars and Dave Richard, uh, who, you know, Coachman doesn't make the picks. He's the host of the show, but really, really talented group there. Okay, we can put up um, my GPP lineup. This one fared a little bit better. And everybody who's kind of hanging on for week 14 pricing. We're going to get to that in about five minutes. Hit the like button if you're new to the chat right now. Mike White. I loved Mike White last week. And honestly, they were one for six inside the red zone. Okay. So let's just stop. Okay. Mike White was 5,400. He scored, you see the fire emoji, right? He scored 22.46 points. He had a rushing touchdown, zero passing touchdowns and 369 passing yards, one for six in the red zone. So just imagine a scenario where Mike White is not quite as inefficient. By the way, one of my props on the early edge last week was uh, Mike White's uh, over passing completions of 33 and a half. He got there like two minutes into the third quarter. So that one hit super easily along with, with most of the rest. But if he just throws two touchdowns here, my whole week changes. I had a lot of Trevor Lawrence, but I had a lot of Mike White too because I was willing to play those cheaper quarterbacks at 5,800, I believe was uh, Trevor Lawrence and Mike White was 5,400. You know, the... This really should have been an absolute smash. And for the record, I have Garrett Wilson in this lineup too. He missed Garrett Wilson on a deep ball. I think it was probably a 70, 75 yarder that he just out threw. It was maybe one yard too much. He should have put maybe a little bit more air under it. And we're talking about an 80 yard touchdown. That was, I think, early second half. So Mike White's game, I mean, this, this score of 22.46, I'm not even joking when I say this could have been 40. It literally could have been 40. Minnesota is just getting away with murder here. Granted, great red zone defense. I get it. But one for six in the red zone is, is not, even for an inefficient Mike White, that's, that's not really reasonable. He was moving the ball with such ease against Minnesota. So I absolutely love that play. And I like Mike White a little bit this week too. So stay tuned for that. My lineup, for those of you that are listening and not watching, shame on you, by the way, Mike White, Josh Jacobs, Samaj P. Ryan, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins, there, there that man is again, Greg Dulcich, Austin Eckler, Titans defense. There's the Titans defense rearing their ugly head yet again. The big problem here, well, I've got Josh Jacobs. That's, that's kind of nice. Okay, cool. I don't have Devontae Adams. So, you know, a lot of my tournament lineups, I, I hate when I do this, you know, Sunday morning, you're, you're starting to make adjustment, adjustments. You start to hear news about guys like Josh Jacobs or, or whoever, and you change your lineup a little bit. And I don't know that this particular lineup had Devontae Adams in it, but I know I swapped out and I hand build, by the way, I know I swapped out Devontae Adams from at least two to three of my, you know, maybe six or seven tournament lineups. And that was ultimately a huge mistake because I wouldn't have had a takedown, mind you, but I would have had a much, much better day. So Mike White to Garrett Wilson is the stack here. Again, that's something that's certainly in play this week as well. Josh Jackson, Samaj P. Ron. No issue with Josh Jacobs. He just, you know, he had a very good game, but it wasn't Devontae Adams. And then you know, Monroe St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins. Just, I have no problem with that. Side note on Nico Collins, he's cheap again this week. Kyle Allen is going to take a seat and Davis Mills is going to come back into the game after being absent for the last couple of games. If you're asking my opinion on whether that's an upgrade to Nico Collins, and, and I don't know what's happening with Brandon Cooks. I'm not sure if he's playing this week, but my guess is he's not. So uh, either way, I think Nico Collins is going to be playable this week. I do think Davis Mills is a slight upgrade. Now, a slight upgrade from Davis Mills to Kyle Allen might not mean anything to you, and it probably shouldn't. But again, given Nico Collins' price and his volume, if he can get a few more catchable passes from Davis Mills relative to Kyle Allen, you know, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to pay off his price. It's not exciting at this point. But it's somebody to consider this week as well. Greg Dulcich at 1%. He had a great game. That, that was kind of a throwaway play for me at 3,400. I didn't play a lot of Greg Dulcich in all candor. But again, 
I, I thought he was reasonable to play. I knew the ownership would be relatively low, and we knew he could be a target guy at the tight end position. And let's let's be honest, we're kind of rolling the dice at the tight end position as it is right now. Austin Eckler certainly didn't get there. You know, he ruined a lot of my lineups ultimately. Uh, you know, there are going to be games where Austin Eckler is just not going to be that guy, and this was one of them. Titans D, we see that. So that is my tournament lineup. As you can see, it won money. That That's great. Uh, it could have been better if I had just maybe kept Devontae Adams in this lineup and I swap out Josh Jacobs for, you know, obviously a lower-priced option. Even if it was like Brian Robinson at 5,300, it would have helped my lineup considerably. Once Antonio Gibson was active in that Washington game, I wasn't willing to play guys like uh, Brian Robinson. Zonovan Knight would have been much better at 4,600. That would have allowed me potentially, depending on if I put Zonovan Knight in for, let's say, Austin Eckler, you know, that would have allowed me to actually play Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Okay, Mike Chavez, he says, my cash lineups have done very well since I started listening to this and the Thursday show. Wow. Mike, thank you. And Mike, thank you always for being in the chat. I, I certainly appreciate you. Mike, hopefully, you, I know you. You're like so loyal to this show. You've probably already hit the like button. I see some other people in this chat, though. So thank you for being in here. I know it's a weird time. I apologize because I saw some of you that were in the chat yesterday being like, you know, around five o'clock being like, uh, is this show going to happen today? I, I, you know, anytime there is an interruption, which is so rare, I always tweet out when the new time is going to be fantasy football today account uh, via Zach always tweets out, you know, if there's going to be a new time. So in case you're ever in the chat and you don't see anything, um, you can usually count on just going to my Twitter profile or the fantasy football today profile on Twitter. And, uh, and we'll get all that information out to you. Okay, Mike, thank you for that. And we are going to go to our FFT, FFT DFS winning lineup right now. Shout out again to Athoma21 or Athoma21. 21 reminds me of Sean Taylor. If you're looking at me, behind me is Santana Moss, and he's holding up he's holding up the 21 for uh, Sean Taylor. So I, I want to bring him up because this name, Athoma21, just reminds me of Sean Taylor. But it also was just a... Right after Thanksgiving, actually. So less than a couple of weeks ago, the, I believe the 15-year anniversary. I don't believe I know. The 15-year anniversary of Sean Taylor's uh, tragic death. And so I just kind of want to give, I don't know, him a shout out. Uh, I, he was my favorite player. If you go to Washington games, everybody knows I'm a Commanders fan. If you go to Washington games, to this day, the Sean Taylor jersey is worn more than anybody. I mean, this is 15 years after his death. And for the record, he only played for Washington. He was only able to play for Washington for four to five years before you know, his tragic death occurred. And to this day, this is how much he was beloved. It wasn't just after, this isn't like a posthumous thing where everybody decided they loved Sean Taylor. No, during Sean Taylor's reign, he was, everybody loved him. He was just such a good player, such a hard hitter, such an aggressive player. And he really, like the fan base really identified with him. If you go to a Washington game, there will be a lot of people next week, that game got flexed. Believe it or not, a Giants-Washington game got flexed. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of people at that game, I promise you. When you when they pan the stands, the the jersey you're going to see the most is Sean Taylor. So, I wanted to give him a, a shout out. At home at 21, your winning lineup was Trevor Lawrence, Samaj P. Ryan, Zonovan Knight. No surprises so far, right? Devonte Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Zay Jones, Pat Fryermuth, Garrett Wilson, 49ers defense. So, remember the Thursday show, everybody. Which which one of these names is different from what we discussed? There isn't one like this isn't this isn't a hard game. I mean, this lineup beat me. So I'm like, listen, hand up. I, I got smoked by this guy, but he played Trevor Lawrence naked, which is a, a very. Oh, no, he didn't. He played it with Zay Jones. He may as well be naked because Zay Jones didn't do anything. But the point is, played that Trevor Lawrence stack, which we know I liked. Played Devontae Adams and Monterey St. Brown, which me and Mike talked about at nauseum on Thursday and on Tuesday during the solo pod, mind you. Zonovan Knight, great value play. We discussed that. Samaj P. Ryan mixing out P. Ryan in at six thousand. Kind of a no-brainer there. Garrett Wilson, we talked about him. Pratt Fryermuth, we talked about him. Like, it, it, it's not that hard. And for the record, what's the, what's the point total here? 195.36? Imagine what this would have done in the tournament Mike uh, scored $750 for. Now, granted, that might have been a slightly higher buy-in than what we all play or what you all play. But 195.36 would have netted a huge result in most, especially most smaller single-entry tournaments. And there's no secrets about this one. I mean, there, there just isn't anything to say about this lineup that's fantastical other than 49ers defense. So, you know, you pay down at tight end, you pay down for Zay Jones as opposed to Christian Kirk, and it allows you pay down it for Zonovan Knight, which obviously all three of those make sense on a lot of different levels. And it allows you to pay up a defense. And we saw with the Niners defense, we saw with the Cleveland Browns defense, those are difference makers. I'm not saying you always have to pay up, but I am saying that don't be me 
who's like, you know what? I'm just going to try to get lucky with the Titans defense. Could I have gotten lucky? Yeah. But what would have happened? Forget about the Browns. That was such an outlier. But what would have happened to all my lineups if I decided to find the money to play the Niners D at 3,100? And 3,100 is not a prohibitive price. It just isn't. So keep that in mind, you know, as, as we go to the end of the regular season and through the playoffs, you need to know something. Everybody's instinct is to pay down at defense. So, and I know we already know that, right? I'm not like breaking ground here, but what I'm saying is people are just so bent on making sure they have the high priced and awesome running back play and the high priced and awesome quarterback and wide receiver play or stack or whatever you want to call it. They just forgive defense. And there are going to be situations where you are going to win a tournament because you decided to pay an extra 600 or an extra 700 for defense. So especially now when you kind of know that going in, that people are just scrolling all the way down and looking, okay, which one of these can I justify playing? You can still do that. I'm just telling you that it can really pay off in a tournament if you go the opposite route and you start paying 3,100 for defense, because ultimately those 18 points are what got at home at 21, the win. All right. Enough of that. Um, what was that? I was basically like lecturing all of you there. And by the way, we're going to get, um, I see a lot of um, some questions in the chat. If you have any redraft questions, because we got Zach doing the producing today, Zach's going to come on at the end of the show and we're going to answer DFS questions if you have them. And we're going to answer redraft questions if you have them. And by the way, I haven't checked the chat, but did anybody answer the, the Backstreet Boys versus InSync question? I need answers from all of, there's a lot of people in here. I see all these likes at three o'clock on a Wednesday. By the way, thank you so much. That's uh, kind of incredible because I didn't think there were going to be many people in the chat because we're we're going at at a weird time, obviously a, a different time. So I cannot tell you how much I appreciate everybody kind of coming in here supporting the show. But you haven't done like the really hard part. You've hit the like button, most of you. You haven't done the hard part yet. In sync or Backstreet Boys? I need answers. We want answers here at Fantasy Football Today DFS. So give us your vote, In Sync or Backstreet Boys. We are going to look at the Week 14 slate. It's a 10 game main slate. Uh, it, you know, it's it's interesting. There's not a lot of high totals, which I think gives us a lot of opportunity to go places that other people may not want to venture into. Before we hit that, though, we're going to hear a message from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Stephen Bridges weighs in with the Backstreet Boys. Controversial call there. I'm looking for some in sync answers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for participating. Uh, honestly, on Twitter earlier, we were also going over. I like to have some fun on Twitter. It's not all just like football and DFS content or golf content. I do PGA. It's not all bets, which I, I do a ton of uh, these days again at the early edge. You can catch us tomorrow night on the early edge for Thursday night football, a preview there, which I'll have some plays. And again, uh, on four at four o'clock on Friday, we do the early edge prop show, which again, last week I went eight, eight and no, I've had two losing weeks this entire NFL season. Um, one, one was two weeks ago and one was, I believe in week two of this football season. So it's been a great year for me, but an even better year for guys like prop stars and Dave Richards. So definitely check that show out. Um, let's talk about the slate though. By the way, what I was getting up with the Twitter thing, we were also talking about one hit wonders. So if you have a favorite one hit wonder, whether it's the song or the group, um, go ahead and put that in the chat too. And again, we'll get to some of your redraft and DFS questions, um, at the end of this show. So not a lot of high totals this week. Again, it's a 10 game slate. Uh, I'll, I'll go over some totals that are, I don't know, at least reasonably high, reasonably high, because there's some really low ones. So let's just talk about a few before we get to the QB running back wide receiver tight end position. Uh, Browns at the Bengals, 47 point total. That one could have some fireworks. We know Deshaun looked really bad last week, but he's got a game under his belt. And, and you know, this is a relatively high total and Browns, you know, they can, 
The secondary has been playing a little bit better, but you know, you can run on them and certainly Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase back and his full complement of receivers. Maybe not Hayden Hurst, but he's got T. Higgins, of course, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, who dropped a really easy touchdown pass last week. Uh, th- that game is, is going to be a game that people I think are going to load up on, but not as much as the Vikings at the Lions, which has a five and a half point total higher than the Browns and the Bengals. That's a 52 and a half point total. Texans at the Cowboys is 46. I think people are going to be a little confused as to how to play that game. And maybe we can take advantage of that. I'm going to actually defer to Mike on that one in terms of how he wants to play that. But we'll get into some of those players uh, on today's show as well. Eagles at Giants, it's only a 44 and a half point total. But, you know, I, I think you could justify maybe not so much on the Giants side, but the way Philadelphia looked last week against the Titans. I mean, Jalen Hurts is like just dropping it in the bucket for guys like Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. So I think that I think that's an interesting game maybe to to stack and get a piece of because people will be kind of going towards that Vikings line, Vikings Lions, Browns, Bengals game. So let's throw up um, any other answers here. What does Donnie Murphy have to say? Love this show, Sia. Unlike other shows, I truly feel like you and Mike give picks. You also will be playing. And he says, thank you, Donnie. Thank you. And that's true. And that's by the way. That's part of the reason we do the recap. I mean, granted, it's not like a carbon copy of what, what we have necessarily in, in our in our picks, but you see it every single week. All the players that we really talk up, we play in our tournament and we play in our cash lineup. So, and we try to be accountable in that way. I mean, obviously things can change from Thursday to Sunday with injuries, you know, like that mix in P Ryan thing. That's like a pretty big deal. Um, things like that will change, but we talked about that on Thursday, by the way. But Johnny, I appreciate that because it, it really is true. We we stand behind our picks. I, I don't really know any other way to do it. I, I'm sure there are podcasts that just kind of like give out picks and they're, they don't hold themselves to it for whatever reason, but um, that's certainly not what we're going to do here. Okay. So let's go to the quarterback, Zach, and we'll pull up some of the, there's probably like five guys I like here um, more than, more than most. I mentioned Jalen hurts at 8,100. I don't know how much I'm going to be playing Jalen Hurts, but I think he's interesting at 8,100 at the New York Giants. We we know that the Giants are, you know, they've been an okay defense. We see here 10th, but they're also really banged up on defense as well. Well, maybe we'll get on Thursday. I'll, I'll have a full report on how that secondary and defensive line are, are looking for um, the New York Giants. But I think that's important. I think injuries are going to play a big part in that game, potentially, in terms of whether you want to play Jalen Hurts or not. I don't think I'm interested in playing Josh Allen at home against the Jets, uh, mostly because it's the Jets. And, you know, if anything, I think I want to be on the Mike White side of that. I think Josh Allen could end up being contrarian to Stefan Diggs or, you know, if you want to play the Gabe Davis or Isaiah McKenzie game. I think Isaiah McKenzie, by the way, at 4,200 is, we'll get to that in a second, is a pretty great value. He's just a guy, I mean, he has a low floor, obviously, but I think he's a guy that can absolutely pop. And with a good secondary, with a good defense on the Jets, you know, I I do see a scenario. We saw it a couple of weeks ago with Isaiah McKenzie where, you know, guys like Diggs and, and Gabriel Davis sort of get taken out of the game and Josh Allen ends up going to the third option. By the way, it's not the third option is not Dawson Knox. The Dawson Knox thing, everybody, can we not do that anymore? No, no more Dawson Knox. We're, we're not playing that game anymore. OK, so I, Isaiah McKenzie at 4200, I think, is interesting. If you want maybe want to double stack Josh Allen or maybe have him in some sort of skinny stack or run back with a Jets player like Garrett Wilson, for example. So the quarterbacks at the top that I'm really interested in, I'm not going to play Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, at Denver. Joe Burrow is going to be really popular, and that's for really good reason. He's at home against Cleveland. We're going to monitor weather, too. That's something because Mike McClure is really good about that on Thursday's show, which, of course, is tomorrow at five o'clock we are going to talk about some weather implications for some of these games because, again, we're at that time of year in December where we got to look at not the temperature so much, but rain, precipitation, snow, uh, wind, things of that nature. So I really, really love Joe Burrow here. Um, If we go down to – and if you have any questions about any of these guys, let me know. Uh, If we go down to – let's go to Geno Smith at 6,200. I really like him too, and I wonder how many people are going to play him. Carolina's defense, I will say this. They are playing a little bit better and they're getting a little bit healthier in the secondary. So I do want to caution you with Geno Smith, but looking at this game log, look how efficient this guy is. I mean, this is like crazy. He's he's at a he's at a 70 to basically 76% clip in terms of completion percentage. The attempts are pretty high, you know, 39, 37, 33, 34. That's nothing to balk at. And he's just been really efficient. So as good as the Carolina second, and I'm not saying the Carolina secondary is great. I'm just pointing out for those of you that don't know that they're playing a little bit better. I think the way Geno Smith is throwing the ball and all the, the targets are concentrated, right? I think last week between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they combined for 20 targets. That's like great. When you have 
you know, let's say 35 pass attempts and you can count on almost 70% of them going to the two receivers that you want to roster, that is a really, really good thing. So I really like Geno Smith with either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. I think you could consider double stacking him, but I probably, I probably won't do that. The question there is the run back. I do want to point out that Deontay Foreman is sitting out. He sat out practice today. He's got a foot issue among other issues. So it's something to consider. I think you, you could, depending on the game script you want to go with, you could consider Deontay Foreman and a, you know, Geno Smith Lockett or Geno Smith Metcalf stack, or maybe DJ Moore. Don't forget Sam Donald is the quarterback. DJ Moore didn't do a Well, he did a lot with a little, he had six targets, caught four of them going off the top of my head here, but he had almost a hundred yards. So I think you could do a stack here and you run it back with DJ Moore, uh, or, or maybe you'd have a different game script and you say, Deontay Foreman's going to have a great game and Geno Smith's going to need to pass to catch up something like that. So depending on your game script, either way, I, I like Geno Smith here for the record. If Deontay Foreman is out, then you're probably looking at Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard. He's going to be 4,800 uh, if you want to get really saucy. And we'll have to see, you know, I feel like Blackshear is going to get more targets potentially. At least that's what I've seen from Blackshear. He's gobbled up some targets this season uh, versus Hubbard. So we'll have to monitor that. But if Foreman is out, I just want to point out that Blackshear is a flat 4,000. Just pointing that out. Um, I think Deontay Foreman is going to end up suiting up and playing. He's just one of those guys that I think he'll he'll be ready, but probably limited to some degree. I know we're talking about quarterbacks. So let me talk about three or four more quarterbacks. Cousins. Kirk Cousins at 6,100. I personally don't really want to lean on Cousins. I would rather lean on Jared Goff at 5,600. But, and for the record, the Detroit defense is playing a little bit better, but they're playing a lot better versus the run than the pass. So I think you could make an argument for Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson and an Amon Ross St. Brown run back. You could also make an argument for Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown, and you throw in a guy like DJ Shark, who his snap share and his production was great last week. And maybe you run it back, maybe you fade because you can't afford everybody, right? Maybe you fade Justin Jefferson and you go to TJ Hawkinson. And maybe a secondary receiver like Adam Thielen at 4,900. So these are these are things to consider from a roster construction standpoint because this game is going to be really popular, right? It's the highest total. Everybody knows that golf plays well in Detroit. Everybody knows that these are curated conditions in an indoor environment. Everybody knows that Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook play for the Minnesota Vikings. So there's a lot of pieces you can get in this. Oh, Amon Ross St. Brown, just a guy that's absolutely dominating targets and is scoring touchdowns now, but also still getting tackled at the one-yard line constantly. Like this is a guy like I talked about Mike White's potential in that game against um in that game last week against the Vikings, which the Jets should have won, by the way. I'm sorry to all the Vikings fans, but like, come on, it's grown up time now. Like the Vikings should be losing a lot of these games and they're not so good for them. But like, man, they had so many chances, the Jets to cover the spread and to win that game. Long story short, I think roster construction is going to be really important in this Detroit game. What do I mean by that? I mean, Jared Goff double stack with Amon Ra and DJ Shark or whatever. You might maybe you want to throw in DeAndre Swift because his snap count and his production starting to tick up. So you, you pair him with Amon Ra St. Brown. You bring it back with, well, maybe Jefferson, but maybe Thielen and Hawkinson. Maybe a fade Jefferson and you hope it's a Hawkinson game or maybe it's just Hawkinson. Whatever the case may be, there's going to be a lot of variations you can play on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of pieces in these games that you can consider. So I would probably recommend against I would probably recommend against like in a tournament, Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown with a Justin Jefferson run back. Cause I just, you know, we'll see how the, how this all shakes out. We'll have some idea of ownership tomorrow during the game by game preview, but I just feel like a lot of people are, are going to do stuff like that. And I, and if you really think, if you really want to capitalize on this game and you think the over is coming in, or at least it's going to get approached that 52 and a half point total, maybe you just go all in on this one. Um, something to consider. The only other quarterback I'm considering right now. And, and for the record, I'm not going to be on Tyler Huntley. I'll just put that out there right now. Uh, Mike might have a different opinion tomorrow. So stay tuned. Maybe maybe he loves Tyler Huntley. I would actually rather play Mike White. There are some injuries on the Buffalo side. We know Von Miller's out for the season, but they're still banged up in the secondary. We'll, we'll, I'll monitor that you know, for tomorrow's show. But Mike White, he's going to have a lot of volume again. Let, you know what? Let's pull up, Zach, let's pull up Mike White's game log real quick. Again, Mike White's 5,500. You can easily pay. I'm not intimidated by the Buffalo defense. And by the way, I'm not intimidated by the fact that Mike White might turn the ball over a lot. What do I care? Okay, so minus two. And he gets the ball back, right? And he's in a negative game script, right? And he's probably going to face a a soft defense, right? Cool. Like, I'm totally cool with that with a $5,500 quarterback that can rack up the yardage and the easy throws and a ton of volume because he's in a negative game script. I'm I'm totally cool with that. So look at this volume here. So super efficient against Chicago. At Minnesota, they threw like almost twice as much. Actually, 
I'm apparently I'm bad at math more than twice as much. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen in this Bills game, too, that Mike White is just through the game plan is he's going to be forced to throw it a lot. So at fifty five hundred, you pair him with Garrett Wilson. You got you got another cheap stack against a somewhat formidable defense, but certainly not the defense we thought they were all going to be when they were healthy. So I really like Mike White again. And again, last week, three hundred and sixty nine yards, very inefficient in the red zone. I expect inefficiency with Mike White but not that type of inefficiency. I think that's going to regress to the mean a little bit, and we'll probably see a couple touchdown passes from him. Okay, those are the quarterbacks I like so far. We'll get into quarterbacks more tomorrow uh, during the game-by-game preview. I'll I'll just mention Trevor Lawrence. He's injured. Um, I don't know if he's going to play. Good for Trevor Lawrence for gutting it out and playing that second half. One of my plays last week was his over and in rushing yards at 13 and a half, and when he got injured, and I thought he was out for the game probably, uh, he had 12 yards. So I was like, oh, darn, this is the prop I'm going to lose. Did I mention I was 8-0 last week? 8-0. Eight, no. eight wins, zero losses. I don't know if I mentioned that. But the point is, I thought I was losing that one. And this guy comes back in, and he starts rushing it right away, and he slings it to Christian. I mean, it was good for him, man. I don't I don't really believe he's a generational quarterback, like everybody kept saying when he was at Clemson. But I, I do believe he's a gamer, for whatever that's worth, and that he'll be good um, you know, for about 10 years. I don't think he'll be great but I think he'll be good. Let's go to running backs real quick. There's one I really, really like, and it's not going to be a surprise to anybody. And of course, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, okay, I I hate to keep referencing this. I had his under, so I just like, I I want people to understand how objective I'm being about Derrick Henry here. I had his under. One of my props last week was his under in rushing yards, which by the way was 86 and a half. The reason I had that was because he's been very inefficient as of late, and it ended up being a tough matchup against the Eagles because... Jordan Davis was back. This is a bad rush defense until Jordan Davis is back and Jordan Davis is back. So keep that in mind when it comes to Saquon Barkley. But long story short, I had his under in this game rushing yards and it didn't even come close. I won that one basically from the jump. He was not going to get there at 86 and a half. However, this matchup is different. And I think I think the Tennessee Titans are going to I don't even know what the line is. I'll have to look that up. I think they're uh, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm scanning because I really want to know what this line is. I should have known that already. Titans minus four. They're going to cover folks. Take that now. I don't even know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. This is a Titans team that that consistently sort of gets disrespected by the market because they don't have that, that flash, you know, Traylon Brooks. I'm not sure if he's going to play, but that's okay. Like Robert Woods, Ryan Tannehill, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Oh, by the way, Derrick Henry, they're just going to control the ball. They're going to be much better on defense. I Trevor's playing. I'm really not afraid of his arm relative to what Jalen did to the, uh, to the Titans last week. So, excuse me. Yeah. To the Titans last week. So I, I really like the Titans here and I like Derrick Henry controlling this game because look at his rushing attempts here. It, it, you know, he, he had an injury and that injury might be lingering. But the reason he had 11 rush attempts is because the game script got away from him. He only had 17 the week before. These are atypical rush attempts for Derrick Henry. I'm not suggesting he's, quote, fresh necessarily. But I like him coming into a good matchup against the Jacksonville defense that, uh, in case he hadn't noticed, is pretty terrible. And he's been limited with his touches. I, I, and at 7,900, by the way, he catches passes too. Look at the target. If you're looking at, on, on YouTube, three, three, two, three targets. That's not bad for Tarek Henry, especially when you see that he's been efficient with them catching most of those targets. And you know, when he gets going on a screen, it's night, night time, right? Like nobody even wants to tackle him. It's like everybody's playing pretend, right? They're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive at your feet real quick, but I'm not getting in front of you. Business decisions will be made against Derrick Henry in December. You can, you can believe that, especially for teams that might be out of it. I'm not saying everybody's going to do that. You'll see it though. It's Derrick Henry. It's not easy to try to, to go and tackle him. Dalvin Cook at 7,300 at Detroit. I did mention that Detroit is, is playing better against the run. And you can see it here on DraftKings when you see the opponent rank, which I don't necessarily lean on. But it's a formidable rush defense, especially lately. It's a formidable defense lately, to be honest with you. However, he is a one of two key pieces on this team. And, and, and if he's going to be low-owned, and I'll ask Mike about ownership tomorrow, uh, then I think he's at least somebody to consider at 7,300. Joe Mixon, I expect him to be back. At 6,900, I do like Joe Mixon. Obviously, if he's out again for some reason, Samaj P. Ryan at 6,300 is certainly going to enter the mix. Uh, a couple other guys I'll mention, and again, we have a show tomorrow, so we'll we'll bore you with all the running backs we like tomorrow. But Deontay Foreman, I mentioned at 5,400. I, I think he's okay. And if he's hurt for some reason, then I think Chuba Hubbard at 4,800, or potentially, depending on the news we hear, uh, Black Shear at 4,000. I think that might those might be some easy pieces to move on to. Zonovan Knight at 5,100. In fact, if we could pull up Zonovan Knight's uh, game log, and we heard words from Robert Sala today that you know even if Michael Carter is back this week, Zonovan Knight is going to have a role. If Michael Carter is not back this week, I think Zonovan Knight is like an obvious play. 
if Michael Carter is back, I, you know, I think there's at least some discussion there, but I'm probably going to end up playing. Like Zonovan Knight's going to be a popular guy to play. 15 attempts last week, 14 the week before. But look at this. He caught all five of his targets last week. He caught all three of his targets the week before. He's eight for eight in the last two weeks with his targets. And what did we talk about with this game? Negative game script. Mike White, Garrett Wilson. That sounds good. Maybe you throw in Zonovan Knight at 5,100. Not much difference. Like, it's not like his salary went up tremendously. It was 4,600 last week. 5,100? I mean, honestly... You know, this all depends on the Michael Carter news in terms of what his share is ultimately going to be. But shouldn't he be 5,400 at least? Or, I don't know, 55, 5,600? I think you're getting a bargain here. He's a, To me, he's more of a maybe more of a cash game play if he gets super steamed up. But I'm playing Mike White stacks. So I don't really care if he gets steamed up because I'll probably be playing Zonovan Knight with Mike White and Garrett Wilson and running it back with, you know, I don't know, Isaiah McKenzie and... You, you name it. Maybe I'll try to get lucky on James Cook or Devin Singletary. I'll have to kind of flirt with those roster constructions um, as opposed to guys like Stefan Diggs or Gabriel Davis. But th- those are all things that are in play for me. I think Zonovan Knight at 5,100 is a very easy piece to slip in there. And you pretty much know he's getting 10-ish rush attempts. And you pretty much know he's getting three to four targets. So at 5,100, he can probably pay that off. Uh, pretty easily, especially the way he's been playing. Um, I will mention Ty Johnson is on this team too. He does have a pass down role, but I I, I think if I remember correctly, Ty Johnson and um, Zonovan Knight sort of split that pass down role. So I think Zonovan Knight will probably start to eclipse him there again. We'll have to wait on the Michael Carter news and we'll have to wait on news with the Seattle backfield. I have a feeling, and I'm not looking at the news right now. Maybe the chat can update me. I have a feeling that maybe Travis Homer might be the guy this week. I don't think Ken Walker's coming back again. I need practice updates. We're kind of at a weird time at before four o'clock on a Wednesday, but it could be the Travis Homer show. You know, it might be DJ Dallas. Like there's just so many injuries to flush out here. So Travis Homer at 5,000, I think is a very interesting um, play at uh, they're, they're at home against Carolina. So Kareem Hunt at 4,600. If you want to, if we can scroll down to his matchup, I think Kareem Hunt, if you wanted to just super speculate on somebody, I think he's interesting right there. He's at Cincinnati. Obviously, that's a game that people are probably going to want to get pieces of. Kareem Hunt had plenty of touches last week. I believe he had 11 total touches. And if for some reason that touch count continues to be consistent or ticks up even a little bit, particularly in a potential negative game script, it could be just an outlet for Deshaun Watson all day. You know, And so I think at 4,600 in, in a game that could potentially shoot out, Kareem Hunt has plenty of appeal. We can go to receivers now. Looking at the chat, and again, we'll get to you guys are so shy to answer the Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC question. It's is it only Steven Bridges that has answered that question? Hmm. I added Chuba from waivers, says uh Manny Prez. Uh good good call. I had it right before the show. I added him in, in one of my leagues. Okay, Justin Jefferson, 9,000 at Detroit. Well, that certainly makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about Justin Jefferson. He can break the slate just like Devontae Adams did. So if you, if you can play him, that's great. I think a lot of people are going to try to pay up for Justin Jefferson. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play him. I'm just pointing out that against Detroit, again, in a dome, it certainly makes sense to get pieces on both sides of the ball. And Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown, I think people are going to want to pay, even if they don't stack that game. Let's say you go to Mike White. I'm sorry I keep bringing him up. Maybe you go to Joe Burrow. But if you take a skinny stack with Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown, which I fully endorse, it doesn't leave you with a ton of money. So maybe you don't end up playing the Joe Burrow stacks with that. I don't, I don't know how you could possibly do that. I'll have to flirt with some lineup construction there. But you could go to Mike White there and Garrett Wilson, who remains somewhat reasonably priced at, I believe he's 5,900. So, I mean, these are things to consider. You don't have to stack this game. You can just get a couple pieces from this game, which will be a popular thing to do, and then go somewhere sort of less expensive. Maybe you play Joe Burrow naked. Maybe play him naked and you just hope he spreads it thin among all the receivers and you play Justin Jefferson with, um, you know, you play that skinny stack. And I only suggest that because it's going to be hard to get Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Joe Burrow, and let's say Jamar Chase in a lineup. Um, T. Higgins, a little bit more affordable, but still that 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 is going to be really tough. You're going to have to take some some real chances if you do something like that. But again, I'm just trying to talk to you all about some potential roster constructions that maybe are a little different than the conventional well, Cousins to Jefferson or, or Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown with a Jefferson run back. So some things to consider there. Uh, other receivers I like, you know, I'm probably skipping over A.J. Brown again. I didn't have him last week to my detriment. Jamar Chase, though, at 7,900. I mean, I think it's all systems go. To the extent last week wasn't all systems go, and he, he had a great game. But I think 
against this Cleveland secondary, I think Jamar Chase is going to feast. I think you could go the T Higgins route. You could certainly double stack it if you can have an, a, a lineup that's affordable there. But for me, I normally like Higgins more than Chase because of the value. But for me this week, I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. And I think I'm going to be playing some, some Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase stacks. I mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,800. Certainly like him. As we go down here to the sort of that T Higgins 7,000 and below range, Christian Kirk at 6,600 uh, against the Tennessee defense that we know can be exposed here. I don't mind a skinny stack with Christian Kirk and Derrick Henry. I don't think you should mind that stack either. I, I think Zay Jones has a chance to bounce back here too. I think there's, you know, other players that might be involved in this game. I, I'm not, even though Robert Woods was awful last week, if Traylon Brooks isn't playing, we'll get to Robert Woods price in a second, but I don't even think that's a terrible play. But to me, if you're going to get a piece of this game and you think it's going to have a back and forth, especially if Trevor Lawrence is healthy, which we can't really guarantee right now, I think Christian Kirk and Derrick Henry is a, is a stack. I don't think people are going to be totally on board with Christian Kirk this week, even though the matchup is great. I think people are just going to want to pay up so much for Amon Ra and guys like Jamar Chase that they're and maybe a value receiver way down low that they're just not going to be willing to take Kirk again this week. So I think he's certainly somebody to consider as we go down to maybe the 5K range. I mean, Garrett Wilson, I don't really need to. Uh, I don't really need to mention why I like Garrett Wilson target monster. And for the record, the Bills haven't been great this year against wide receiver one. So I, I think this is for the record. You can speculate on Elijah Moore, too, if you want to. Uh, maybe even Corey Davis. But for me. Um, it's going to be Garrett Wilson. And to the extent I double stack Mike White with, you know, double stack him, it's probably going to be with Zonovan Knight and just hope they all kind of get there. So um, all those other receivers certainly in play. DJ Moore at 5,500, I think he's really quite reasonable. If you're thinking, I love Geno Smith and I think Seattle's going to put up a ton of points. I think DJ Moore is probably in line with for a lot of targets. And frankly, Sam Darnold is, is probably your best bet. I thought PJ Walker was pretty good for, for DJ Moore, but if, if the season was starting over again and next week is week one, and you told me it's Baker Mayfield, it's PJ Walker, it's Sam Darnold. And the question is, which of those three quarterbacks does DJ Moore succeed with? I think the answer is Sam Darnold. So, I mean, for whatever that's worth, I, I think you could have possible, I'm not a DJ Moore guy, but you could have a DJ Moore day today. Jerry Judy at 5,400. Listen, they're playing Kansas City, they're at home. Cortland Sutton may be out. I think guys like Jerry Judy and Dulcich, even with Russell Wilson at quarterback, are in play, especially in a negative game strip. So Jerry Judy at 5,400. Casey's defense isn't, isn't great. I'm, certainly their secondary isn't great. So I think even Russell Wilson can force feed one of those two. I don't think they'll both survive a, a great game, but I think one of those two guys is very, very likely to have a good game in a negative game strip. Deontay Johnson, I don't mind at 5,100. Uh, against Baltimore. I know everybody's sort of off Deontay Johnson and George Pickens is sort of like the, the popular guy to, to roster, but let's look at Deontay Johnson's uh, game log real quick, actually, Zach. He is 5,100. And, you know, he's not doing much with, with the targets, but, oh, well, look at this. 11 targets last week and eight targets the week before. And you might say, well, he's not really doing anything with them. Okay, I'm really just interested in the targets. I know he's on the field. I know he's going to be the first read on a lot of, of these dropbacks. And I think at 5,100, I, I might be willing to play that game with Deontay Johnson. And I actually like Deontay over George Pickens for whatever that's worth. So um, I'll consider Deontay at 5,100, particularly in cash games. Uh, if you're getting that many targets, if you can just be a little bit more efficient, um, you're paying, like I already know you're paying off the price before the game even starts. Zay Jones at 4,700. Don't mind going back to him. I probably won't get there with him, but 4,700 is still a great value. Um, again, we have to wait on the Trevor Lawrence news, right? Robert Woods at 4,500 at home against Jacksonville. I mean, again, that, that that's a play you only make if Trevor Lawrence is actually healthy and you think that Jacksonville is going to be putting up some points on that side. Obviously, guys like Travis Etienne are playable. Not a great matchup for him, but, you know, Kirk is playable. Zay Jones is playable. But if, if Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, you know, this might be a game I just sort of X out outside of Derrick Henry. I'm playing Derrick Henry this week. Nico Collins at 4,400. I mentioned how it's a quarterback change at the, at the front end of the show. Um, I do think that's a net upgrade for Nico Collins. I mean, I think the response is, well, you do realize Davis Mills was the quarterback for most of the season, right? Well, yeah, I do, but I didn't think Kyle Allen was going to be as bad as he was. I thought Kyle Allen was going to kind of sling it, have some catchable balls for Nico Collins. I was wrong about that. So I think Davis Mills is probably your best bet for Nico Collins. And at 4,400, no issue there. The last guy I want to bring up before we we touch on tight ends, um, can you bring up DJ Shark at 4,300? 
And again, I, I have to stress some of these guys that you might be seeing, we'll, we'll talk about uh, tomorrow. And, and I just saw right below um, DJ Shark was Isaiah McKenzie, who I already brought up. But, you know, Isaiah McKenzie's, I think, a great play at 4,200, still getting plenty of snaps, uh, caught five balls for um, 44 yards last week. DJ Shark at 4,300, uh, what's, what's not to like? The snap count is up on DJ Shark. So that's great. He had, uh, let's see, five, he caught five or six balls for 98 yards. Um, I, I actually picked this up from uh, Andrew Erickson, our friend of the show, who um, who actually, he tweets a bunch of stuff out, but I, I pulled this from his um, Twitter account. If you remember, Andrew Erickson, I was on twice in our preseason special. Andrew Erickson, of course, with Fantasy Pros, 47% air yard share uh, last week and ran a route on 95% of dropbacks. I think I saw that at 93% somewhere else. But the point is, He's running about on over 90% of the dropbacks now that he is healthy. So all those like sort of like the Khalif Raymond experience, all of that stuff, Jamison Williams, like I, I just don't think that's going to be a thing. I think it's Amon Ross St. Brown and I think it's DJ Shark. And what better way to potentially get different than maybe you have Jared Goff with Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Shark. Or maybe you're just crazy and you decide to, to fade Amon Ross St. Brown and you do a, a golf to DJ Shark stack, or you fade him on Russell St. Brown and you do a skinny stack with Justin Jefferson and DJ Shark or something like that. But I think DJ Shark is very much in play, likely to be very popular this week as well. Again, we'll get more information on that tomorrow. Now, let's go over to the tight ends. If you, By the way, if you have any receivers that you just think are awesome that I just happen to not bring up, feel free to put it in the chat. Um, I see some comment about, oh, good, you're answering the in-sync question, but somebody had to come out about Deontay Johnson, which I missed, but oh, Deontay Johnson is disappointing at times. Yeah, no, Michael Kenji, Deontay Johnson is disappointing at times for sure. I, I completely agree with you. I just think at 5,100, we've gotten to a place where he's getting so many targets that he's less likely to disappoint at 5,100 versus 5,800. And I think Kenny Pickett's a, a competent quarterback. I think the question in that game is, is what's the game flow like and how good is that Ravens defense going to be at Pittsburgh? So I understand fading that entire game, but I also think at 5,100, Deontay Johnson has to sort of enter into the conversation. I'll just give you maybe four, uh, four or five tight ends I like here. I'll pass right over Travis Kelsey. If you want to pay up for him, that's great. Uh, not for me. Mark Andrews with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. I think I'll have an okay game. Not interested at 6,500. TJ Hawkinson, I think I'm going to speculate on. Detroit, not good against the tight end. But more importantly, I just think TJ Hawkinson is going to be very involved in this game. He has been in most of the games he's played for Minnesota. He has been very involved. And I think he's going to end up being the secondary option, maybe ahead of Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne in this game. So I love the matchup. I don't mind paying up 5,100 for TJ Hawkinson. So by the way, his targets over the last four games, six, six, nine, and 10. So certainly, you know, that's, that's an average and I'm not going to do the math right now, but it's that's tracking towards eight. You know, it's close to eight targets per game. So I think that's great in this game environment. Uh, Kittle at 4,300, probably not interested there, but Dulcich at 3,400, he's cheap again. I think this is the same price it was last week, actually. Uh, home versus KC, caught six of eight balls for 85 yards, almost a 40% target share. Now that target share is probably not going to be the same next week. But again, if Cortland Sutton is out, I, I believe KJ Hamler is still out. Well, where do the targets go then? Greg Dulcich, Jerry Judy, I'm in. Give me at least one of those two in my lineups. Uh, I, I love that in, in even my cash lineups. I'm willing to pay for what I think is going to be a relatively high floor, even with Russell Wilson at quarterback. A couple just sort of dart throws. I think Bellinger is interesting. I don't think the ceiling is very high for Bellinger, particularly against Philadelphia. But I, maybe that's not somebody for this week, but maybe somebody to keep an eye on. Maybe next week when they play Washington. But again, that's not on the main slate. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Noah Fant, I think, is really interesting, if especially – if you want to play a Geno stack, because you could do a Geno stack with pick your receiver, Metcalf, lock it, and then you throw, let's pull up his game log. Then you throw Noah Fan in there at 3,100. You know, he caught four or five balls last week, and he's been very efficient this entire year. Look at this: these receptions versus, target, versus targets, four or five, three or three, three or four, five of six, two of two against the Giants in week eight. But perhaps more importantly, Noah Fan appears to be the guy as opposed to Will Disley. Because I think as of like maybe five, six weeks ago, we were like, well, okay, how do you play a, a Seattle tight end? It's basically both those guys are on the field. Both of those guys are getting targets. Well, it's still true. But it looks like Noah Fant has sort of, you know, created a gap there that now it's justified playing him at 3,100. And I, I just think it's it's a really easy way to get at least, I mean, I think Geno stacks will be at least a little bit different. But if you do Geno with one of those receivers and Noah Fant, 
Maybe you run it back with DJ Moore. Maybe you don't run it back with anybody. You don't have to run it back. Even if you double stack it, I don't think you need to run it back with anybody. But I just think Gino to one of those receivers and Noah Fant is a really, really clever play this week. So I, um, I'm looking for Noah Fant to like continue to flash some upside. He scored a touchdown last week. Uh, he's getting a handful of yards. Um, really like Noah Fant. All right, that's it. So we're going to do defenses tomorrow. Um, there are some defenses that I do like, and I don't think I recorded it here. So I'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on defenses tomorrow. But there's there's actually, you know what, can you go on defenses right now, Zach, before before you come on? We're going to go through this chat and answer any questions anybody has. By the way, um, we have plenty of people are watching. Some of you haven't hit the like button. Please hit the like button. And let's see here. Go down to the 30. There was a defense actually in the high in the high 2000s that that I liked. If you can scroll down, yeah, right about there. I don't see it. Scroll down a little bit more. All right, well, maybe we'll have to address this tomorrow because there was a defense I really liked in the in the high twos, low threes range. But again, we'll get to that tomorrow. I mean, the 49ers, by the way, at 3,200. Um, that's a defense I'm going to be getting uh, plenty of shares of. Uh, Tom Brady looks awful. Okay, and I'm not even saying it's his fault. I'm just saying how it looks. Like they were not the better team against the Saints. Obviously, the Saints coached themselves out of a win. But more importantly, Tampa Bay just can't move the ball that, you know, under, like he was under duress, by the way, that's a saints defense that wasn't creating a lot of pressure, but they created a lot of pressure against Tampa Bay. So what do you think San Francisco is going to do at home? Yeah. I like that matchup quite a bit. So, um, San Francisco at 3,200, I, I I'm more than happy paying up for that. Okay. Zach, let's look at some of the, are there any chat questions to bring up? Maybe some, some redraft questions that I missed. I'm going to look at these as well. I see a lot of in syncs in here. So I'm really happy to see that in sync for me says Michael Kenji Azumi. Uh, new kids, new kids on the block says Trey Stanfield. Okay. Not bad. Um, any uh, Homer practicing today. Okay. Shad, thank you for, for informing us of that Homer practice today. I picked him up in fantasy overnight. Okay. So that was another person that picked up um, Travis Homer. I think he's going to end up being a sneaky play Zach because this, I don't think Ken Walker's playing and I don't think DJ Dallas is fully healthy. Um, I know I'm speculating at this point, but do you agree that it might be Travis Homer ultimately? I think Gina's just going to throw the ball 45 times. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not really trust Homer. I don't really trust DJ Dallas this week. It's really just been the lock at Metcalf show and now fan. So I think yeah. it's going to be, I, I don't think they trust these running backs that much. That's why Ken Walker's getting so much volume. So I, mm-hmm. I, if, if he doesn't play, I'm probably staying away, but if he does, I think is he could be pretty cheap in in um, cash lineups. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. So I, I think if we find out that Travis Homer is going to be the running back, or maybe it's you know DJ Dallas, I personally think it's going to be Travis Homer. I think at that price, it makes sense to maybe jam him in. I mean, obviously, there's other guys in that price range to jam in, like Zonovan Knight, for example. Maybe you get really cute and you jam both of them in, and you just like you, you hit up Chase and Jefferson and, and Amon Ross St. Brown. I think we're going to see a lot of value just in the next 48 hours, Zach, where from a DFS standpoint, where um, – you're going to be able to like really make the lineup that you want to make. I just highly encourage you to consider, and we'll do this tomorrow, to consider some of those other games that people might not be playing as much. And if you're going to play those popular games, like I'm thinking of Detroit, maybe Cincinnati, just the roster construction has to be different. That's what I tried to do on this show is just try to point out maybe extra pieces that other people might not play or maybe getting off some of the popular pieces just to be different. Zach, were there any redraft questions that you came across? Yeah, I think he touched on one briefly. I think it's from Manny PRZ. He says, need help with my RB lineups. Pick two, ETN, Foreman, Knight, or White. By leaning ETN and uh, Knight, ETN didn't have really a great game last week. I think he'll have a bounce-back performance. And Knight, as you were saying, even though Mike White, they're throwing like crazy, he, he's getting involved. I think he's got, what, eight eight catches over the last two weeks? Correct me if I'm wrong. So he's, he's been involved in the past game, um, Zonovan Knight. And even if Michael Carter's back, I think this guy's a, a factor. So I don't yeah. think, I think I think he's great, especially this week with six teams on by. I'm starting in a couple of leagues. So mm-hmm. I, I do like Foreman. I don't think he practiced today, but I'm not too – I'm not really trying to stay away from that offense. And then White, obviously, two weeks ago he was phenomenal, but then you see Fournette getting out of a 50-50 split. I'm, I'm leaning ETN and Knight in that situation. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think Foreman is interesting – but again, with a lingering injury and the fact that he straight up doesn't catch passes, I mean, I don't know if this is a PPR league or not, but it, it's a situation that, oh, I see it's a half point PPR. Um, I think that's this. Oh, no, that's Chargy65 has a question. I'll just read that one. Redraft, half PPR question, need an RB2 and a flex for net. Jeff Wilson, Gus Edwards, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Needs 
a running back two and a flex. So I would go with Fournette there. Well, Jeff Wilson or Fournette, Zach? I mean, I would have told you Jeff Wilson last week, but he was a complete non-factor against San Francisco. Probably, I mean, and now Fournette's playing San Francisco. So I, I don't know if it's the Niners D, but probably leaning Wilson. I think yeah. they attack, you know, they, they pass more than they're running in week 14. And if that's the case, it's Rashad White. It's not going to be Fournette. So I'm probably leaning Wilson and then probably DPJ. He was phenomenal last week and Watson did not look great at all. But this dude's a, he's, he's a talent. I'd probably lean with him. And guys, I'm staying away from the Ravens backfield. Yeah, I completely agree with Gus not even being in the conversation. I, I think Jeff Wilson could absolutely get unleashed. I don't think we really know what's going on with that running back core, but we do know that the Chargers can absolutely get run on. So I, I like, even if Jeff Wilson is like a 50-50 split, I still think he could have a, a pretty great game. And I, I think I agree with Donovan Peoples-Jones, but as far as Wilson, I think that's something you have to monitor. Maybe they actually declare, maybe the coach actually comes out and says, you know, it's going to be a, a hot hand approach, or maybe they say, you know, Wilson was... Uh, having issues last week and this week we're going to feature him so uh, uh charge 65 thanks for watching thanks for hitting the like button uh k trap 89 i see you in here um michael bozeman says jameson william is min value at 4500 on fanduel yeah so that's interesting because that's a really cheap price on fanduel I, I i don't think i'm interested i just don't think his snap share is going to be what you hope it to be michael that, that that's really the bottom line i just you know he barely did anything last week um, in terms of like snap and tar- I think he had maybe two targets. Um, feel free to play him at min price. I mean, I can't really argue with that in a game strip that, you know, he might grab a few balls, but I wouldn't count on much. And I, I see Daniel says, I think Jamison Williams gets a touchdown this week. I actually don't. I, think I so don't too. think it. I, I'm thinking anything. You do? Okay, not, fair enough. Not the DFS lineups, but like if sports betting is legal in your state or you got a book, anytime touchdown Jamison Williams, you probably get incredible odds. And he could. he's not going to get many targets, but he could absolutely tear one off. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. I I don't think it's going to happen this week. I think it will happen maybe in the next couple of weeks, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. Uh, Terrell uh, Taltoan, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. TJ Revenge game also. So, I mean, I think those are fun narratives. But to be honest, Terrell, I, I don't think it matters uh, because I think TJ is going to have it. I think this is going to be a really good TJ Hawkinson game. And for the record, I'm not a Hawkinson guy. So trying to be objective here, I think this could be the TJ Hawkinson week. Any other questions that we miss, Zach, that you see? See a couple people talking about Chuba Hubbard. I'm staying away. I, I really don't want anything to do with mm-hmm. that backfield. And Chuba, I mean, even last year when McCaffrey was out, he really didn't do anything. And then Foreman kind of established himself as the RB1. I'm, I'm staying away. I mean, obviously this week there's not as many options, but you can find somebody else. Maybe if James Cook's still available. I don't know if he got scooped up on your waivers, but I'm staying away from Chuba Hubbard. Um, I'm looking at Doug Rowe, who you know, he made this comment almost an hour ago. Doug, hopefully you're still with the show right now. But he says, thank you for giving me the space to admit that I crank Backstreet Boys in the car, but I'm too foolish to do so publicly. See, this is a safe space, everybody. Only so many people watching. You can, you can, this is, so now you can tell your friends, hey, I, you know, I kind of like, you know what, it, Zach, when it comes on in the bar, like we both live in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. We go to these, we go to these bars sometimes downtown. Me, not as much, but you probably more, more than me. The point is, Sometimes you walk into these places and it's like, you know, 12 at night. Everybody's, you know, drinking, whatever, trying to have a good time. And instinct comes on. Whatever you or or backstreet boys or even new kids on the block. But mostly it's usually like instinct or you know, something like that. Everybody in that damn bar knows every word and they're shouting it at the top of their lungs. And because these guys, and it's girls too, of course, but you know, nobody's shy in those moments. Maybe it's because they have some alcohol. I'm not really sure, but like they're all singing the song, but then you bring it up in a sober moment on a, on a podcast or on Twitter. And everybody's like, Oh yeah, no, I don't listen to that. It's like, I just saw you mouthing the entire lyrics to it's going to be me, you know, 24 hours ago. So I just think it's funny. Uh, Holly says in sync, Jason says backstreet boys, Thanks for having fun with us, everybody. And uh, Trey asks, no Joe Mixon. I did mention Joe Mixon. Uh, we have to wait to see if he's going to play. I, I do think he is going to play. If you remember last week on the Tuesday solo pod, I, I came out and said, I actually don't think he's going to be cleared. And I didn't have a lot to go on there. I was I was really, and I even said it then, I was speculating. Turns out I was right. This, this week, I actually think he will get cleared. Um, that's sort of the tea leaves I'm reading. And if he is, I think he's a, I think he's a great play. I don't know if I'm going to play him. But I think he's a great play. I really like the Joe Burrow to the receiver side of that. But you could do Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and maybe no receivers um, and just hope he spreads it thin among the among the top three or or just throw in uh, one of those three receivers, uh, certainly one of the top two. Um, James, thank you very much. Look forward to this show and Thursdays every week. Everybody, 
Nobody gasses up Sia like Sia gasses up Sia, LOL, says JJ Gosh. That's great. I think you're right, by the way. I, I just love doing this show. Zach, I, I love doing this show. I love you producing this show. I love that we get to do this tomorrow at five o'clock. You get to do this. I get to do this. Mike McClure gets to do this. And I love that everybody is like, like uh, I get private messages, Zach, all the time about, you know, I'm, I'm doing so much better. I mean, sometimes it's just like flat out like Twitter, like tweets or whatever. But, you know, we're, we're not going to win every week. And you're not going to necessarily, you know, take down a big tournament when you listen to this show. But uh, we like to think your odds are better when you do listen to it. And we, we also like to think um, you have some fun listening to this show, too. And I know everybody is always waiting for Mike McClure's top three at each position tomorrow and my cheat sheet and his cheat sheet and our game by game preview and just like the different types of roster construction you can engage in. So um, and, you know, Mike is a testament to this. He says, my cash lineups have done very well since I started listening to this and the Thursday show. So, Mike, we appreciate you there. Uh, Zach, I think that's it. Right. Anything else? There's one other one in here that just looks concerning. Somebody wants to know about uh, Daniel. Is it Daniel Bellinger, the guy who broke an orbital fracture, and that's Revan right. Jordan Stack. That that seems like might not be the greatest. I don't know. I don't know. Counting on Daniel Jones and Davis Mills to get a. You just you're just waiting for the them to find the end zone, and I don't think it's been. A, I think Brevin Jordan did it all right two weeks ago, but I don't know. I'm staying away. Well, yeah. you know what's yeah, you know what's interesting about that about Brevin specifically is I don't know if Cooks is playing, and so we'll have to wait and, and see about that. But if Cooks doesn't play, I mean, I, I understand. Yeah. Collins is there. What's Speaking that? Of, what's his name? Uh, Batoriana, the guy a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I told you it's a projected. Uh, they showed the lineup when the, the Texans at the Thursday night game. And I see this guy on here, Tegan Vittoriano. I never heard of him. I'm really like, this guy screams Thursday night football because he caught the first <laughs> touchdown that week. Tegan Vittoriano yeah. dropped a pass last week. Tegan Vittoriano. So we'll, we'll see. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those are interesting just because if there's, there's no, you know, you got like Chris Moore, you got Nico Collins. You know, you could, you know, guys like that, Brevin, could be interesting. Um it's such a negative game script that, you know, Davis Mills is going to have to throw. That's a 16 and a half point spread, which makes sort of sort of the Dallas side of that from a DFS standpoint, really kind of confusing as to how you want to play that. What, what's the game script in the third and fourth quarter? Um, for that reason, I don't think a lot of people are going to be playing that game, or at least not as many as you would think in a, in a 45 and a half point total on this slate with the Dallas Cowboys playing. So that's something to consider if you oh, get three to four. Defense. I was all over that Cowboys defense. Oh, that's a good point, too. That's a good point, too. But, I mean, I think you could maybe assume Houston actually fights back a little bit. If you were to assume that, then Dak and Pollard and, you know, CeeDee Lamb, maybe Michael Gallup, if they get three to four quarters of just pushing the, the pedal down, not a lot of people are going to go there because you're not getting the back and forth with the six, well, presumably with the 16 and a half point spread. So um, I'm curious to get Mike's thoughts on that uh, tomorrow. But uh, that's where we'll leave it. We are literally 25 hours away from our game-by-game preview uh, for week 14. I can't believe it's close to week 14. I appreciate everybody jumping into this show on a sort of random time. Of course, next week, we're going to be back to our regular schedule, Tuesday at 5 o'clock, Thursday at 5 o'clock. But thank you for everybody for adjusting your schedules. Getting in here, I saw, I saw so many of you hit the like button. Really genuinely appreciate you. Hopefully, the information you got today gets your mind moving a little bit going into tomorrow's game-by-game preview. But for now... That's Zach Brook. My name is Sia Najad. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. We will see you tomorrow. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.